to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Agents of Mayhem because I can't get it to run. Even though Deep Silver has been helping me for the last couple of days, it just won't start, and I don't know what the problem is. It's super frustrating. Hmm. You should should have called Deep Blue instead. Uh, my name is Bruce Garrick, and uh, I'm not playing The Last Hex. I'm also not watching uh, any movies called Hex, of which there are several. Ah. Yeah, there's like a Jonah Hex movie, I think. Uh, uh, and my name is Jason McMaster, and I'm not playing Borderlands 3 because, well, it's not very good. All right. Well, we've all got our reasons. I think I think mine was the most rational and calm of the three oh, yeah, of us. Yeah. I don't By know far. what you guys are flipping out mm-hmm. about. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right. Well, I want to tell you guys what I am playing first. Uh, I, neither of you. I mean, so neither of you has played a game called Sea Salt. Is that correct? No. It's a game. It is a game, so I'm going to back mean, up I've a little eaten bit. Sea salt, right? I mean, I've you, sea salt before. Yeah, yeah, you got it in your mouth on accident, probably. Sure, and uh, the game, probably too. So. Uh, I recently watched a movie. I can't remember the name of it. It might. Have, it, it actually, I think it was called The Boat, about a killer boat. It, it it's a, like a living boat. Uh, it's a ghost ship, but it's really just to shoot it. The movie they got a I don't know like a sixty foot yacht or whatever. So it, it, this boat comes alive and it comes up on this guy who's in a dinghy out in the fog uh-huh. and it uh-huh. it traps him. Like he gets on uh-huh. the boat and he's uh-huh. looking around saying hello, is anyone here? And then it makes his dinghy disappear. So now he's stranded on the boat and it, at a certain point it locks him in the bathroom for about forty five minutes of the movie's running time. And one of the things it does to him, because he's in there for like days, is uh, it pumps fresh water in in there so that he can stay hydrated. And he drinks it. And when he drinks it, he yells out, because he doesn't know the boat's haunted yet. He thinks there's someone out there doing this. He yells out, I know you're out there fucking with me. I know you're there, because he thinks they're pumping fresh water in. So then he goes to drink the water again, but now it's salt water, because the supernatural ghost boat can control the salinity of the the water it's like a water Damn. spirit yeah. yeah yeah oh my god watch okay let's talk yeah. about other sea salt though um that was a good segue by the way the only thing Thank i you. have to say is that the boat in german is das boat so. right yeah, 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 yeah right yeah, yeah. The, when i say yeah the boat is that wolfgang peterson movie what what the right. heck is going on i can't steal that no so all right, so don't accidentally watch The Boat if you're trying to nope. watch Das Boot. Yeah, be very careful with that one. And don't eat sea salt mm-hmm. if you're going to play sea salt. Right, yeah, you know what? Just don't eat it anyway. Just, yeah. Especially if you're trying to hydrate, right. Uh, yeah. So I need to back up for a minute and tell you guys about a GameCube game called Pikmin. Is that a what? Yeah, yeah, Pikmin. Remember, know, you know it. What, is it, what do you play it on? Some kind of a Rubik's Cube or something? I think it was yeah. originally on the GameCube, I believe. It's a Nintendo product, Garrick, yeah. which is why you don't uh-huh. know what it is. No. Most Nintendo products are about like children saving the world or little mm-hmm. fat mustachioed plumbers. Got it. Um, so this one is not about that, though. It's about an astronaut who goes to a planet full of flower people, and he leads them around. And you're playing the, the astronaut, and uh, his name is... I think his name is like Olimar, and he leads the little Pikmin around, yeah. and he, he makes different colors of them, and he uses them to solve puzzles, uh, and sometimes to fight monsters. And the, the whole gameplay conceit is that you're moving Olimar around, and this swarm of cute little Pikmin, they're following you, and you're directing them, uh, and it's a cool concept. And the Pikmin mm-hmm. games ran for about three titles, which might have been about one title too many. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's a it's a solid concept that I've seen other games pick up, uh, and the one that comes to mind most recently for me is a game called Oklos. Now it's O K it's O K L O S, but there's an H in there somewhere. Mm. 
I think it's after the O or after the K. It's a Greek word, and I know this because in the game you play a Greek, uh, and your little dude is like Olimar in Pikmin, and instead of amassing little colorful flower people, you amass ancient Greeks, including like philosophers and mythical heroes. And, mm-hmm. uh, and what you do in this game, and here's my big problem with it, is you run around and trash ancient Greece. It's literally, you've got a mob, and your job is to destroy property because that makes you stronger to where you can then fight uh, monsters and bosses well, and stuff. Why would you do that? I know. It makes no sense because if there's one thing – there's this whole idea of the Greek mean, right? Like Greeks should be calm and dispassionate and level-headed. I don't think of them running amok destroying property when I think of ancient Greece. Well, well maybe the philosophers – maybe it was making like a political statement. Maybe and just maybe they were fighting the, – were the bosses concepts? Like, no, no, they were uh, moral like med- concepts. No, come on, it's like God of War, like Medusas and whatnot. Oh well, they weren't yeah. in a cave or anything like that. No, here, <laughs> right, right, no. So here, maybe it was like a statement on the contemporary Greek economy. Oh uh, yeah, see. <laughs> but at any rate, I loved the concept of this, and it, it's uh, there's there's something kind of delightful and uh, gleeful about having these cute little things run around and trash stuff. Uh, even though thematically it doesn't really make sense in Oklos. Oklos has a lot of cool unlockables, and it's super, like, overdone pixel graphics, so that's a little bit twee. Uh, but I really liked what Oklos was doing, except for the fact that I, why, why are ancient Greeks so intent on just destroying buildings? Because you literally do that. You send your dudes to a building, and they mob around it, and, and, it, and they bring it to the ground. Like, they're just trashing stuff. They're, they're, they're occupying. It's occupying ancient hmm. Greece. Makes no sense. That's what RTSs used to do, where you the everybody would stand around the building like in a row and just beat it to the ground. No, Garrick, you're absolutely right, and that's probably why that appealed to me is because there's nothing quite so gratifying after building up a bunch of stuff in an RTS as mm-hmm. tearing down McMaster's base or your yeah. base. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. But but yeah. ancient these ancient Greeks who are led by a philosopher. I don't understand why they're doing it. So what I want to tell you guys about is a similar game that makes perfect thematic sense that I've been playing, and it's called Sea Salt. Why? The name sounds a little innocuous because here's why this works. In Sea Salt, you begin – first of all, you're not running a dude around. You just have a a magical cursor, and it's like you're an evil god. What? Yeah, and whatever creatures – are in the game, follow your cursor around, your reticle. Uh, you're just moving it around with the stick, and you start with these things called swarmlings that have crawled out of the sea. They're just like these little uh, lizard, frog, clawed things. Huh. Uh, and they run around, and here's the thing is they don't trash buildings. They don't care about that. They kill humans. Oh. So you, you crawl okay. ashore with these little swarmlings, and you're in a fishing village, and the things that you're destroying are people who scream and run away from you. Uh, and every now and then, you can call more swarmlings. And as you're playing, you hit thresholds that unlock, and this is in card form, which makes me makes it especially appealing to me. Uh, mm. A card flips up with its back to you. It says, hey, you've unlocked a new card. And you press a button, and the card flips over, and on the other side, it's a new kind of monster you can summon. And all these monsters are about 
just crazy let's go out and kill these little villagers and the vill- monsters are rated by how fast they are how much damage they do how much damage they can take they all have a horror rating because oh, eventually like the Thulu thing exactly it starts out as, as that garrick but it gets a little too silly like you eventually start uh you add uh, like crabs, for instance, is one thing. Like little crabs, they're your little tank monsters that don't take mm-hmm. as much damage. You get a, a lich, like you know, oh. lich isn't Lovecraft, but no, it starts no. out very Lovecraftian. I mean, you fishmen, for instance, yeah. that's one of the well, things. That's, you said fishing village, right? So it's like yeah. Innsmouth kind of thing, yeah. Exactly, it's Innsmouth, the first one. But then you go inland, uh, and you're fighting. You're actually fighting. This is interesting. Uh, an evil Christian uh, archbishop. So. There's a little bit of that going on there, too. Why also. does he have to be evil and Christian? Well, he's evil. You're, so here's the deal. You're an anti. You're playing from the perspective of the monsters, Garrick. It's it's uh-huh. like that movie Joker or Maleficent. Okay. Say, so you're what, on the side so, of the bad guys. But if you're fighting that, you're fighting the bishop. You're eventually you're fighting his forces, and I assume haven't but gotten I here yet. You, I thought you were evil. Right, you're you're fighting the so the archbishop is mustering the forces of Christianity, which, by the way, spoiler, I think they're implying that he's evil too. That's what some oh. of the cutscenes seems to be they seem to be implying. Um, so you're you're summoning these mobs of monsters. They don't care about property damage because how boring is that when they should instead be killing people and the people start firing back. Eventually you run into guys with with bows. Eventually you run into guys with muskets. Uh, Eventually you run into a guy with a big, huge, crazy axe. Eventually Mm -hmm. you run into a guy who can like stealth around and pop up in the middle of your your mob. Mm -hmm. Um, And your whole job during this game is you will hit thresholds where you can summon more monsters. Either by sucking up uh, kill juice. When you kill people, Mm -hmm. they drop little particles kill that you can juice. suck up. Kill mm-hmm. juice, right. I made that up. I don't know what it's technically called in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, trademark or, that. <laughs> or you reach specific points on the map that say, hey, come over to this point and we'll give you a, f- a free monster choice. And you pick one of your cards and it gives, it mm-hmm. adds to your mob monsters. So as you play, you build up this crazy herd of of monsters like you'll have like four cultists and they hang mm. back and shoot fireballs and like 10 or 15 assorted crabs and worms <laughs> and swarmlings and and you might have a tentacle creature who uh he like hang back hangs back and like his tentacles come out of the ground and he kills mm. people and you got like a half dozen of these these purring black cats that pounce on Ooh. people and, and there's like a, the, the lich summons ghosts from dead people so it's this crazy just insane mob of different stuff that actually has some tactical significance hmm. because the way you move them around with the cursor will determine things like can that hunter who's got his bow or the or even like the big axe guy eventually there's hmm. a jerk with a flamethrower can he reach your more frail creatures hmm. so you've kind of got to guide him around so like the crabs or the meat shields are in front and then the more frail guys are in back so there's a little bit of tactics in the moment-to-moment is, gameplay is this like the tooth and tail kind of set you know exactly kind of stuff exactly garrick you know tooth and tail is a very good comparison but without any sort of real-time strategy uh, conceit you're just beating up on these ai villagers uh and they're more like they're not quite puzzles because you're not really solving a problem. Mm-hmm. There are different approaches in terms of what your mixture of monsters is. Yeah. Uh, but here, here's the problem that I ultimately have with it uh, is you play through multiple – they call them rooms, but they're levels. They're areas. You go into a forest, and then you're in a village, and later you get to a castle, and I'm in these sewers right now. Uh, mm-hmm. 
and each area is like maybe I don't know five ten rooms mm -hmm. and as you go through them you will get some of your monsters killed and sometimes you'll get all of them killed and it'll just reset the room that you're in so you can play forward through like eight nine ten rooms and mm -hmm. hit a dead end because mm -hmm. you just can't get enough monsters to get through that current room so uh -huh. what the game lets you do is back up all the way five, six, eight, ten levels ago to when you first started and start it all over again. Um, and that gets is, a little tedious. Also, there's no way to... loading. I mean... Yeah, man, the game lets you start a new game. That's yeah. Kind of <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Sorry, it does let you start in the last area you've unlocked because you start out at Innsmouth, uh, okay. then you go into the Dark Forest, then you go into the, the Inland Village, and if I die in the Inland Village, I start at the beginning of the Inland Village. Now, the in, this village will consist of, you know, ten different areas... And I have to get through all ten of them and then fight a boss, by the way. So if you get to the boss screen and maybe you've only got three or four things left alive, well, you're out of luck. Go all the way back to the, the beginning of that whole area. Um, so, and, and you also, if you're in the middle of playing, and it does take a while, it's a good you know, 15, 20 minutes at least, you can't save your progress. Like if you want to, oh, okay. if, I'm, if I'm eight rooms into the village and I'm like, oh, okay, i got to go do something else, uh, I can't save the game. I just have to quit to the beginning of the village. Ooh, uh, we can't pause it or anything? You can, you can pause, Garrick. You can pause and leave it running. But I, I actually is, see this... Lame. It is kind of lame, but I do see this in, in a fair number of, of like roguelikes who mm. think... And this isn't really a roguelike, though. Uh, who think, hey, you're going to have no problem playing this 20, 30 minutes at a time, are you? Because that's how they develop it and how they play it. Yeah. Uh, right. It tends to be a way too common oversight. Um so sea salt finally it works moving this mob of monsters around thematically it's great it's it's literally herding cats which which can mm -hmm. be great uh, and it's just not hurting but herding them yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's got uh, it's 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 kind of charming with its cute little approach to to pixel art and all the different disparate monsters it adds in uh, just to give you a little taste Near the end of the dark forest, you run into these people who are executing a witch. Mm. It's terrible. It's a poor witch. So you fight them, and you kill them, and the witch says, Ah, you've saved me. I'm loose now. And the game says, Hey, do you want to fight the witch, or do you want to let her go? And I don't, I don't know which was the right, but I'm a monster, so I, of course, let her go, and that unlocked the black cat card for me. If I'd fought her, <coughs> I don't know what I would have gotten. Yep. Uh, so that's like her black cat? Well, there's a whole herd of them, but yeah, I think so. It's like her familiars. Yeah. Yeah. Witches have black cats, yeah. They do, they do. I, yeah. I heard McMaster, while you were describing it, mutter sacrifice in the background. Do you feel like there's any sacrifice to this? That's another good uh, comparison, McMaster, yeah. Well, you know. I mean, just this, this whole idea of moving, moving crazy things around and enjoying them destroying stuff. Uh, and what, what Sacrifice and Pikmin and Oklos and Sea Salt do, and, and Tooth and Tail, is they, you're not just a god floating around on a free mm. map. You are there on the map. You're manifest some, somehow. Where you stand matters. Uh, like you're down in the midst of them in, in one way or another. So. How does it work with the cursor, though? I mean, you're, you're moving a cursor. Can you just pick it up from one side of the map? I mean, is it literally like a cursor? 
Yeah, it's like a mouse cursor. It flies around. Uh, some of the creatures are faster than others. Like the worms are the slowest, so they'll take forever to catch up. But one of the fast things you can research is a swarm of flies. The flies are almost instantaneously under the cursor. So you sometimes are kind of having to like paint routes and like uh, routes and like drag the monsters to a certain area so mm -hmm. that they can then attack from a certain direction. Um, yeah. Hmm. So there you go. Sea salt. Uh, I have some reservations. But uh, overall, pretty cute, and I'm enjoying it. So there okay. you go. Garrick, speaking of pretty cute, mm -hmm. I mean, th this is a like, cutesy little artwork game, right? This isn't a mm -hmm. dire, like, dark, grim, gothic thing, is it? Um, <clears throat> well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, a game that uh, I started playing because uh, a friend of ours, T-Zone, uh, Tony, mm -hmm. uh, oh. got me, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> I say even Master's already yeah, on his guard. <laughs> Tony and I have some disagreements. T yeah. Tony's got very specific tastes, which is one of the reasons I'm surprised about this. Tony, he's like Mikey in the Life Serial commercials. He hates everything. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. the fact that Garrick's going to tell you about something that he gives a ringing endorsement, I think, counts for something. So, so yeah. go, go ahead, Garrick. So <clears throat> anyway, I was playing. I, I was doing my usual um, thing where I click on uh, random completely obscure games uh, in Steam and buy them because uh, because it rec the Steam is recommending them to me somehow. And I just think, oh, this looks like I've, I've never heard of this and nobody's playing it, so let's try it. And they're invariably terrible. Um, but uh, there's this one called Last Hex, and I, and I kind of liked it. So I wrote an email to you and to Tony and said, uh, you know, this is the game Last Hex. You have these cards. You go through this thing. It's kind of roguelike. You die, you die, but you play this combat. with cards. And then <clears throat> I explain the whole thing, and Tony writes back and says, uh, that's just like a ripoff of Slay the Spire. And I, of course, I hadn't played Slay the Spire, and since Tony liked it, that made me feel like I never wanted to play it because I was going to go, eh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And to be fair, Garrick, if you, you, you can't, like, throw a stone at Steam without hitting uh, this kind of card-based roguelike mm -hmm. deck-building yeah. rogue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always, I'm not a, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not up on what's the latest on Steam, but I know, I know Slay the Spire came out last year in early access and now it's actually released um but i felt like uh i felt like this was something that um you know merited further investigation mm -hmm. um but i didn't actually i kind of ignored it until tony came to visit uh, a few months ago and uh I, he's like well just you know fire it up and just let me show you so i fired it up and i was playing around with it a little bit and he showed it to me and showed me how to do things and he watched me play a little while. I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. Uh, and then I played it so much that he ended up having to uh, send an email to my wife uh, uh, apologizing for introducing me to the game. Uh, so, uh, so I actually, now, you know. I have a I, question, Garrick. If he hadn't it, like personally showed it to you and you had just like booted it up and fussed around with it, would you have been able to get into it? Or was the key to this Tony sitting down and saying, hey, let me show you this, and his enthusiasm kind of unpacking it for you? Would you no, have still been playing it? That's a good question. Um, I don't, I'm not very good at hypotheticals. Like, uh, you know, what if uh, Hitler had invaded Russia? I don't mm -hmm. know. I got, you got me there. Uh, so, uh, but, but what I will say about it is that uh, it, Tony didn't actually so much show me the game as uh, – you know, I booted it up, and he was sitting next to me, and I started playing, and he's like, and and his enthusiasm was sort of as a as a, um, I don't know what you call it, as the um, as the spectator and cheerleader, right? Mm -hmm. I'd click on things and kind of figure them out, and and he'd say, "Ooh, that's a good relic," or "Ooh, that's a you know, oh, that's a pretty good card," 
Uh, and so that comic kind of got me excited, right? I was like, oh, it's a good card. Oh, I love good cards. That's great. Uh, Sounds like he was narrating it, like he's an announcer. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was. He kind of was. He, he was like the sort of the Brent Musburger of. Um, that's a. He's a, a football player, uh, of um, <laughs> of uh, of steam. Wait, and, if he's a football uh, player, why is he talking about the game and not playing? Ah, maybe he's next football player. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. He's, okay. a, he's a grizzled veteran. Grizzled veteran. <laughs> that seems like a pretty, he seems like that's the kind of guy that'd be qualified to talk about football. Okay, yeah, fair exactly. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so in any case, uh, I played it and I and I really liked it. And I'll tell you how much I liked it. Um, I booted Steam up here to to find out how uh, long I've played it. Um, but uh -oh. I, um, I'm this is never a good idea to look out. at these stats, Gary. Yeah, it is yeah. not a great idea. No. No. So I have played over 100 hours of this game 104 hours to be honest with you and that's a for me that's a lot that's a lot of gameplay all right garrick i'm gonna have to ask you this question have yeah. you read all the short stories of flannery o'connor yes okay in that case you're all right you're, you're cleared to spend 100 <laughs> hours and slay the spire <laughs> yeah. yeah that was that for for the listeners that's a uh, that's a long-running joke that tom and i have um but well, that is uh, from you right that is someone yeah, told is. you yeah. that yeah yeah yes 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 um but uh but uh, here's the thing. So, Actually, real quick, um, share it. Like, do, do you mind? What? Oh, because uh, I think the, it's a, it's a, it's a valuable. Uh, I, I think it's worth hearing. Yeah. So I mean, it was a. Uh, um, I, this is and and we're talking like probably 25 years ago, uh, where uh, somebody was. Uh, we were talking about you know this and that and whatever and playing video games and I had just talked about. I think we were playing. I can't even remember. It's just so long ago. Um, but I remember it. Remember the person saying it. Uh, I think we we're playing Mist, and uh, I think a friend of mine and I were trying to like like bumble through Mist, and uh, we had it was after college, and we would you know I'd go over to his his apartment, and we kind of oh we click on that thing, and it was a fun thing, you know, we'd have beers and whatever. And uh, one of my coworkers asked me, you know, what I was had done the previous night or something like that, and I told them, you know, I played you know played video game with my friend, and. Uh, Somebody said that person said, "Oh, really? What, what you play video games?" And I said, "Yeah, you know, it's fun, you know, stuff." And like, why do you do that? I said, "Well, you know, it's fun. We, you know, let's kill some time." And they, they said, "Kill some time." Have you read all of the short stories of Flannery O'Connor? And, <laughs> and I said, uh, "No, I, I don't think all of them." And I said, "Well, then there's a lot more uh, useful and and uh, worthy things to do with your time than play a video game." Well. And I, I mean, I, I I couldn't argue with that, I guess. Yeah, but still, you should have just told them to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, McMaster, spoken like someone who hasn't read all the short stories of Flannery O'Connor. I've <laughs> read a good majority at this point. <laughs> no, I have oh, not. He's, he's from the South, so he gets he's he's got that old. I, I've already yeah, I've already got a, a pass on that Tennessee Williams father yeah. all that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so anyway, so Garrick, you you spent a lot of time with this thing. You. Mm -hmm. Apparently, don't feel guilty about that time. Good. Oh, not really. Uh, why? What's so? Like I mentioned, there's a bunch of McMaster. Have you played Slay the Spire? Oh yes, my wife has played over a thousand hours of Slay the Spire. So maybe you could tell us, McMaster, because I've only played a few like this. Like I might. There's one called Monster Slayer, which is what I spent most of my time with. And whenever I boot up Slay the Spire, I'm, I'm like, I don't understand. I don't understand what the big deal is about this. I could be playing any number of these, but it's my understanding that there's something special about Slay the Spire. McMaster, yeah. as someone who's played a lot of these kind of games, can you explain that to me and Bruce? 
you know, it's somewhat hard to, but to be honest, I think the biggest thing about it is it has a very, very tightly designed game, and it, all of the cards Great. are, for the most part, uh, I mean, obviously there's better and worse cards, but there's not a lot of chaff in it, uh, and it's fast. It's it's like, you could sit down and play a round of Slay the Spire and, and beat at least through level three, you know, in half an hour. It, it, once you get good at it, even less, you know, because you can just, you know, you know what to do. The rounds go fast. Um, it has a lot of appeal of roguelikes to it as well, since everything is randomized each time you go through. You choose paths through the game. Um, and but, there's persistent unlockables too, right? Yes, very it's part much of the whole so. deck yeah. building. Yeah, absolutely. And they're still adding on to the game. So there's three characters currently. They're adding another one that I haven't messed with yet. But one of the things that I thought was fascinating that they added, and I didn't know about for a long time, is if you once you beat the game with each of the characters, now they added this thing where if you go through, you can unlock these different gems. And if you get all the gems, you go to a hidden fourth level that you can fight through and stuff like that. Did they you know about adding... this, Garrick? Yeah, I actually have. <clears throat> that, um, when Tony when Tony introduced me to the game, he told me that in order it, that once I beat all the uh, all the characters, then I had completed the baby game. <laughs> and that then I was really playing Slay the Spire. Um, and, you know, sure enough, that actually seems to have been the case. Um, I did beat the game with all of the characters that are available. Mm -hmm. And then I – but I didn't know what was going on, so I just kind of played it again, and I beat the game again, and I kept beating the game and thinking, okay, I mean, I've beaten the game. It's the baby game. I guess I've beaten the game. And then I sort of offhandedly sent uh, T-Zone an email that said something like, I don't know these stupid – he said something like, oh, hey, you've, you know, you've beaten me. You've lapped me on uh, – on Slay the Spire, and I said something like, uh, "Yeah, you know, I guess I've, uh, you know, I one of these days I'll figure out what these, what these, uh, what these keys or, or uh, I don't even know what they're called, uh, shards or uh, must be the gems, McMaster. Gems thing, right? yeah, yeah, they, yeah. yeah they're, 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 they're things, little things. Um, there are three of them that you collect. Uh, I said I, I'll, I'll figure out one of these things one of these days, and he emails back and says, "Oh, I take back all that stuff I said about you lapping <laughs> me. You haven't, you know." So, and, and what it turns out is that then I went and collected all the gems, and, and, and sure enough, if you collect all the gems, then you uh, go to this extra sort of level, and uh, you have to, when you, when you uh, win the game and the baby level, you go to this, uh, to this room, and you, uh, you're presented with this whatever it seems to be like this this the force behind whatever the you know the evil that you're fighting and uh it's 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 it's, it's presented as this beating heart and then you die right uh, and i think and and what you do is then at when all the and this is all spoilers sorry everybody um you, you collect all the gems and then you fight you go, go through a series of bosses and then you get the final uh the final uh battle is this fourth boss which you actually get to fight the heart now and it has like you know a million hit points and it's very difficult to defeat but you can i mean you you can do it apparently i, I almost defeated it once uh and uh i've beaten the game a bunch of, i mean i've i've won with every character multiple times um but one of the things that, that lends playability yet. that i've heard about there there are like high scores right it does have that whole yes. pinball machine yes. of mm -hmm. playing to get higher up on the leaderboards thing right yeah, yes, there's does. a uh, daily challenge as well. Mm -hmm. Sarah finishes in the top 100 every time and wow. has been in the top 10 recently. A Holy cow. Yeah. Jeez. 
That's pretty oh, impressive. it's out of control. Like uh, over a thousand hours. Investor, that must be intimidating to be married to someone like that. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so let me describe the game, and you guys tell me if I'm right. Okay. You get a deck of cards. It's unique for each of the three classes. A monster appears, it's got a certain amount of hit points, and it's going to hit you for a certain amount of damage, you've got hit points. So you play cards that do damage to the monster, and then your turn is over, and the monster damages you. Now you draw a new hand of cards. You play cards that do damage to the monster, your turn is over, now it damages you. If you kill the monster, eventually something's going to happen that you're going to either upgrade your cards or get better cards, and you just kill more more powerful monsters, and you fight so a boss. What, what am I not getting? All right, so the way the game works, just f from the basic, is each of the characters gets a starting deck of five attacks, five defense, and one special card, or two special cards, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, the Silent, which is the poison character, five attacks, uh, five defense, a card that you can use and throw away another card to get more block, and mm -hmm. I believe a card that also applies weakness. So, each of the characters, they start with three mana or whatever. It's called power energy. And that's to play. And, that's what you spend to play the cards? Right, right. right. And the cards the, the cards can have casting costs up to five, because obviously you can boost that. But mm -hmm. most of them are one when you start. Uh, so when you go up against something, it's going to give you an idea of what's, what it's going to do. So it'll either think, oh, this is damage, or this is a, an effect I'm going to do. And you have defend cards that give you a certain amount of block. Those only work for the one turn. So you're, you're throwing defend cards to get, like, five block apiece. And if a monster's going to do ten points of damage, you need to use two defend cards to block all that. But you don't have to. You have a certain amount of health, and you can regain health. Um... But the idea is this. Uh, you cycle through your deck very quickly. Um, and there are multiple places in the game where you can remove cards and upgrade cards in your deck. Every fight, every fight you win, you get to choose a new card. You don't have to. That's right. one of the things I think you, that people kind of, when they start playing, don't understand, is that it's better to skip cards if you don't want any mm -hmm. of them, or they don't fit yeah. in your deck. Yeah. So the whole idea is you're fighting against this against everything and you're struggling to keep your deck small for the sake of efficiency because right. um, every and, every crappy yeah. card you draw should have instead been a better card I mean that's a it's, that's right. a that's a fundamental principle of deck builders mm -hmm. so yeah mm -hmm. yeah and the the thing is is the enemies in their effects there's tons of buffs and debuffs. And they all have different little things they can do. But one of the most irritating things enemies will do is they'll add cards to your yep. deck. Yep. Most of the time just for the fight. Though curses and stuff like that will stay in your deck and do negative Ouch. things. Um, but yeah, so they they kind of inflate your deck and stuff like that. And it's just the different mechanics that all of the different cards offer you is, is, is fascinating to toy with. Like right. the Silent, for instance, is a... Uh, poison, uh, a thief poison character. And there's really two paths to follow with the silent. You can use poison, which is my favorite, or you can use shivs. And shivs, you have to get these shiv cards, and they just kind of give you shivs. And they're zero casting cost attacks. Mm. But you can also get all these powers and bonuses and stuff that make them do more damage, because they don't do a lot of damage. Right. Uh, whereas poison, poison ignores armor and stuff like that, and it allows you to kind of damage over time things to death. Kind of like World of Warcraft. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. And the si- the silent do- is a lot. It has a lot. Yeah. Is a total. It's a rogue. Yeah. Um. It, but the silent's probably my least favorite because the other characters I think are more interesting. Um. Like uh, the defect. Uh, they they make really cool characters. Like the defect is a robot that you can get these orbs that provide different powers, and they go off at the end of each of your turns. And depending on what they do, they do different things. Like give you armor or attack the enemy, give you extra enemy or enemy, uh, give you extra energy. I mean, and stuff like that. Um, but what you do as you go throughout the game, obviously, is you're trying to remove cards from your deck. You're trying to keep, and you're trying to add good cards to it. Um, and as you go, you're also getting artifacts. And artifacts, as we're all familiar, it's just kind of basic gameplay stuff. They break the way the game works mm-hmm. in one way or another. So they, there's hundreds, at least hundreds, of artifacts in this game. Um, and as you play it, you unlock more. So um, I, I hate to, This is going to come across as awfully glib. And uh, everything that you you guys have said... I think it's also true of these other and, – and I confess this is out of ignorance. I've only futzed around a little bit with Slay the Spire. I have, it, it never got to the point that it hooked me because I, I honestly never gave it a chance. I've only fiddled with it. But everything you guys are talking about are things that I see in – like Monster Slayers. I just tried a game called uh, Fate Hunters uh, oh, yeah. that have that, that – I mean this is just a roguelike deck builder and uh, – and, and it, what it sounds like, though, is that Slay the Spire is just much more finely um, it's tuned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I now, think I can speak to that a little bit because the, yes. uh, <clears throat> the 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 key to the game is that you know you play the game and you you could theoretically say, well, you know, I know how to win this game. I know how you know I know what I need to do. I have a strategy for it. Like Jason was describing the the silent, which is this you know rogue, and you get damage over time. And one of the key things to the to the game is that as you progress through the game, each time you get to a certain place, you have to make choices about you know it's right. it's just it's just a giant resource management. You know, I'm getting to this place that allows me to upgrade cards, but it also allows me to heal uh, right. hit points. So do I spend this this resource on healing, or do I spend it on a card upgrade? And what you can right. do with your card upgrades is you can synergize them really well. For example, that that um, that uh, silent the rogue. There are cards that allow you to uh, double your uh, the poison that's on a right. given given monster. Well, you can then upgrade that card to triple. give you triple yeah. the poison. Yeah. So then what you have is you do a couple triple poisons, and all of a sudden you know you have nine poison on somebody, and now you've got twenty seven on them, uh, and then all of a sudden you know um, you've got uh, eighty one, right? Uh, whatever, twenty seven times three. Um, and uh, and then again, I mean, if you put another triple on them, then you have you know 243, and then you just, I mean, it, it, it's it's um, it, ramping up that fast is 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 deadly. You have to have a very efficient deck to do that. But yep. um, but that's you know that's a strategy. Well, then you'd say, well, why you know if that's fine, why don't you just play that play the game that way every single time? Mm-hmm. And and the reason you can't is that uh, is the um, the game only gives you certain cards when you know the, the the card draw is based on rarity and you can't just say oh i'm gonna ha-, you know i'm gonna get a uh, a bunch of those poison cards and i'll just collect right. them because you may never see that poison card right and the the thing that i think jason is 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 talking about and i think he's completely correct about it is that when you 
play the game. You are never going to be able to dictate what you're doing. And if that happens, you know, you could obviously say, uh, you know, well, it's there, there would be times where you would uh, play and the, and the cards wouldn't fall right for you and you just throw that away. The game is so well tuned, I think, that you can really, if you're really good and get some luck, obviously all games have some element of luck to them of this, of this sort because they're random draws, um, you can really tune each run very specifically for depending on what you get early. You know, for example, there's uh, one of the key things to this this uh, fighter. I think he's called the Ironclad. He's, yeah. he's basically a fighter he's got armor and he uh he heals hit points before every uh before every fight well that that makes him a paladin garrick ah okay yes that's good that's a good point that's (laughs) very really he's he's uh yeah he's also religious um so what happens is uh the um the the way you can the way you can uh tune this guy is that um not only can you does he have very sort of powerful uh, combat cards, but he also gets a lot of block cards, and block cards are simply very simple. Somebody attacks you, you uh, you take points off your block until your block is gone, then you start losing hit points. Well, there's a card called uh, Body Slam, which allows oh, yeah. you to, yeah. So what you can <laughs> do is that uh, the Body Slam allows you to uh, to apply all your block as an attack. And the great thing about Body Slam is that Body Slam upgraded costs zero energy. So what you can do, you can create these decks where if you can upgrade enough Body Slams, then you kind of load up on block, and then you, so that the you know your your the uh, monsters can't hit you, but then during your turn you just apply these zero cost Body Slams to uh, to attack with. So it's like you're you're putting on armor and attacking with that armor at the same time. It's really I mean it's it but to do that requires a real sort of confluence of, of um, getting the right oh, cards yeah. and then you have to because the the body slams are not um, they're they're one point cards to use unless you upgrade them so now every time you stop to upgrade a card you have to uh, uh, you have to decide well I'm gonna do I need the hit points do I need to upgrade the card and then it, it just layers so many of these mechanisms into the game because there are uh, artifacts that you can get what they call them relics, which uh, allow you to upgrade things, or uh, they you can have, um, uh, for example, one uh, one car. Uh, when you get to the end of a level, you can transform cards into different cards. You can upgrade them. Sometimes uh, you can upgrade a card because you ran into this random imp or something that he says, "Ooh, you know, let's transform some cards." Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of randomness to it, but but the game is just tuned so finely. That you 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 can you can find ways of turning all of these probabilities into something interesting with every run, which which I think yeah. is quite an achievement. You know, and I'll say that too. Like I I didn't even mention the the random like stuff that you run into, the question mark spots or or kind of little weird choices. You never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I know this can be kind of a bad word, but it really is to me the tightest card game I've played since Magic. It sounds uh, like what the the appeal of what you it sounds like you guys are describing and specifically Garrick your reference to this idea of going to 27 and then 81 and now 243 uh yeah. it seems like the game lets you do things that 
that could be considered abusive strategies, right. but it's built to encourage you to, to do those, yes. and it controls them with a degree of randomness and rarity yeah. where you won't always get the same, quote-unquote, abusive strategy. And, right. and that's kind of the way it goes, too. And as you play the game and you unlock stuff, you, you right. run into more and more stuff that they allow you to have. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is certainly, yeah, right. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on there. I mean, that's, the, that's the, I think, part of the whole point of the game is that there are, there are cards that if, you, um, that if you use them, uh, they allow very sort of a, what you would call abusive strategies but they're but they're clearly designed so that that combination of cards works in that way right and right. they want you to do that and they want you to find these combinations and there are a ton of combinations uh i think it's i think it's pretty um uh i, I, I think it's just I, there, there must have been a, a ton of uh play testing in the in the you know early access because this is not something that you get without constantly constantly iterating um, right. I remember game. hearing a lot about it during early access, and mm -hmm. be, like I think it had a lot of buzz around it, and this probably, I'm sure, it helped immensely with the development of it and the playtesting. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think this game was doing very well for a long time while it was in early access, yeah. and I think it oh, had yeah. a long early access stretch too. Yeah, yeah no, it did super well, um, and uh, rightfully so. And, and this is one of those games I wasn't going to play either. Uh, a friend of mine. Uh, Zach was playing it, uh, streaming it, and I watched him, and I, I kind of got fascinated with it. So that's why I ended up getting it for me and Sarah, mm -hmm. and of course Sarah went nuts like she always does. So I just um, need to get my own T Zone or Zach to get me yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, I've been streaming. Sarah's actually going to be streaming in the early mornings coming up. So I should watch a professional, right? Like somewhere yeah. in the top hundred or top ten. Yeah, yeah. that would be exciting yeah. to see because I mean. <laughs> When when you the cool that's the thing about the game is that the the combinations of cards when they're done well it's really cool to to I mean it's very satisfying right right all right uh, slay the spire I uh, I appreciate you guys enthusiasm I'm I, I'm gonna just have to one of these days try it again oh one of these days has either of you beaten whatever my score is in that game yes oh yeah are you, are you sure yes one hundred percent yeah I've seen my I, name I'm not just talking about I don't just mean I'm one of the levels I mean my no. overall score. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, in every possible way. <laughs> yeah, I'm 80th level. Yeah. Uh, what level are you, McMaster? Is that, wait, is that a real thing, 80th level? No, in World of Warcraft. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right, um, McMaster, uh, just to let you know where you stand, our friend Tony Carnavale hates the game that you're going to talk about. What do you think of that? I... I... No, I'm aware of that. <laughs> Tell us, what what is this? Why on earth would Tony Carnavale hate it, and what is your opinion of it? Uh, so the game I'm going to talk about is Disco Elysium, which was a, in development for a really long time. And uh, probably should have been longer, I guess, if you listen to Tony. But mm -hmm. the uh... Well, to be fair, I mean, I think Tony's main... The, the only thing I've heard him rant about, uh, I think... And Garrick, correct me if you're... Yeah, is, is he, I don't think he likes the writing. Um, so I, I don't think his issue is necessarily like a stability or QA thing. Right? Oh, no, no. He But he doesn't like fall in London's writing. So, and that's kind of, mm. you know... it's. I would yeah. say it's on the same kind of par. Yeah, I mean, he is, he is the Mikey of video games, right? Right. Okay. Also movies, just, just so oh, you yeah, guys yeah. know. Yeah. And everything. Um, so, all right, so Disco Elysium is, uh, I mean, everything I've seen just makes me think, oh, it's like a uh, Pillars of Eternity, science, like, is it cyberpunk, right? 
Uh, yes, it's well, it's like it's like a point and click kind of game, like an adventure game. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like a but, big old crunchy RPG. Oh, it is, it is, but it's also point and click. Okay, a couple of questions to help me sort of narrow down what this thing is. Are you one character, or you do control, do you control a party? One, just one character. Though there is a guy who follows you around, but you don't co- control him directly. Do you level up stats and earn skills? You do get skills, and you do have stats. Do you get into tactical combat? No. Hmm. What would you do when you fight things? It, it's all like role playing stuff. Like you roll. Ew. Yeah, I, yes and no. Uh, <laughs> I really thought, because that's part of the appeal of all those, like, uh, Baldur's oh, Gate and Icewind Dale and Pills of Eternity, is getting to all these really cool tactical combats. That's not part of Disco Elysium? No, no. That's, uh, Garrick, did you know this? I, I did not know that. This game is like reading a book, then, is what you're telling me. It's a choose-your-own-adventure book with a bunch of text, right? Sort of, yeah. Ew. With... An intense amount of text. Wow, which is bad um, to Tony. Oh yeah, yeah, right. That, I mean, obviously, but that—that's kind of also the appeal of it. So, all right. So yeah, explain me, to me more because this is not at all what I thought. I thought you no. were going to be telling me about some super crunchy, intricate cyberpunk RPG. All right. Oh no, it's it's interesting though. Mm-hmm. I think you'll. So, the basis of Disco Elysium is, and and don't. You know, don't write this down and try to steal this idea. As no one's ever heard it before, is you wake up with amnesia, oh. and, but you're you. It's from in extreme drug use and drinking. Ah, so you weren't on a shipwreck, for instance. No, no, you've been partying for <laughs> several God. days, and you wake up and you can't find any of your stuff. You don't know your name or what you look like or anything. So, but it's all about. It, the game is so bizarre. Uh, you start off talking to your lizard brain because you're passed out, and you you go past the lizard brain into your limbic system at one point. Uh, but the writing is all basically you talking to yourself or talking to your different skills. Uh, a lot of it is, and uh, you're a detective. And how you kind of go throughout that is what really makes the game what it is. But is when it you cyberpunk? Make- uh no. Okay. It's kind. It's not. It's almost. Uh, I would almost say it's like. Uh, steampunky, but it's also not. It's not. There's not like gears and stuff, but it's. It's probably in between the two. Cyberpunk. Okay. But it's not like our reality. No. Uh, and it's not like a hard sci-fi like Blade Runner kind of thing. No, no, it's okay. Not. Um, but it is. Uh, so you're a detective, and there's been a murder in this town. Uh, behind the inn that you're staying at, uh, or the the whatever the hotel. Can and, I just uh, throw out a spoiler? I'm gonna guess that you were the one who did it. No, you weren't. Oh, shoot. Um, thought I had. It, it turns out. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> but no, the uh, when you make your character, uh, I should have started here. You start with you choose between four stats. It's like uh, what was it? Psyche, physical. Uh, anyway, it's dex, strength, intellect, and. Um, kind of like psychic did you say deck decks oh dexterity right right right. okay right so when i made my character i put points mostly into intellect a couple into physical and and um psychic and then uh three into 
Um, the dexterity one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you make your character, you have to choose a signature skill. And mine was visual calculus, which is kind of like the Sherlock thing where you can put together everything at a crime scene. You have a really high chance of being right about that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. at one point at the crime scene, you see eight, eight sets of boot prints. And since I have such a high you know, level of that, I could tell the the weight and size and all that stuff of all the different people walking around and all that mm-hmm. jazz. Um, but what makes the game interesting is that there are, I'm trying to think, is it six or seven skills per stat? And your basic for each of those skills is just starts at your, your stats level, and you level them up as you go. As you're going through the game, the game in the background, at least I believe this is what's going on, is constantly rolling checks. And, whenever and not you, telling you? Yes. And whenever you make one of those checks, it tells you something. So if you are incredibly intelligent uh, or whatever, you're walking around, you, you might notice stuff like you have – one of the skills is encyclopedia. And if you have a high level of it, you know just information. Some of it useful, so a lot of it's not. Mm-hmm. But you just know just information about everything. And that's part of the game is kind of wading through that. Now, when I when I get <laughs> when I get a piece of information because I have encyclopedia skill, do I know that that cause and effect thing yeah. triggered? Well, it, you know, I don't know if you do or not, but it, it kind of just pops up, okay. and you'll have a conversation with that skill, which is kind of interesting. As Wait, well. you have a conversation with your skill? Yeah, like if I have encyclopedia, it pops up and it says such and such and this and this, and I can question the skill about oh. The, uh, you know, if I want to find out more information, or I can just completely throw it away or ignore it. Oh well, that's even that's even more explicit than what I was asking. Is you you, you query the actual skill that you have and you interact with it rather yes. than just being told, hey, you have this dialogue choice right. because your intellect is is hmm. eight instead right, of seven. No. Okay. Yeah, and if you have like certain conversations that I've had in the game, you know, it's just constantly being interrupted, and that's fine. You know, that's how the game works, but it's like. It's giving you all this information about the, the the story and your surroundings, whether you need it or not. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's kind of this. It really is like a detective game in a way, uh, because you have to sift through everything. Now, at the same time, you don't have to spend points in intelligence to be good at that stuff. You could also be physical, because some of the the physical stuff is really cool too. One of the skills in physical is called shivers, and it's when your you know hair st- stands on end and mm. stuff like that. So Spidey if you have a sense. high Right. So if you have a high, you know, sense of that, then you know when something's wrong, or if you know something's out of place, or or something unusual is happening. Um, and the, another one that I think is really cool. Oh man, I can't remember the name. Oh, Inland Empire. It's a psychic ability, and it's the one that. Let's see, Shivers connects you to the city basically, and Inland Empire tells you about all sorts of like different psychic and mental things that are going on around and uh and kind of like your viewing of the world uh but each of these skills they offer you know different things like during a conversation and if you're talking encyclopedia might come up and tell you more about a subject or uh rhetoric might show up and tell you ways to break someone down and are there if, visual representations of what you're talking to or just the word encyclopedia yeah. Yeah, like, no, it's it's like a, they're little symbols, little okay. skill symbols that come up in the dialogue, and they, you know, uh, okay. and you have like a normal back and forth conversation with them. That's kind of the 
point of the game is that it's all like it's very I don't know even, even what to compare it to maybe it's trying for like a like a hitchhiker's guide kind of feel to the writing maybe like okay. it's it's comedy but it's also kind of like in depth um, uh, what game does it most remind you of if you were forced to say okay this game is oh, most like please, what, please, what would come to mind yeah Planescape Torment oh okay sure right you know what I have okay and the, the and writing's not as good. Well, I I never could get into Planescape Torment that much. I've well, gotten I'm, into this one. I'm just saying that Planescape Torment has Planescape Torment is noted for the writing, and it sounds to me like, from from what I'm hearing about it, that the the writing in the game is something that the the developers really wanted to highlight, right? I mean, there's a lot of writing in the game, therefore I assume yeah. that they wanted to put it there. Um, oh yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, that's that's probably accurate. I, I don't. I don't really know how I would classify it, uh, hmm. the, uh, but it is certainly trying something like that. A friend of mine said it reminded him of like the way White Wolf Games handle stuff like Mage and a few of the other games, where you have all these skills kind of going on, and you have to interact with the world in a certain way. Um, and if you miss stuff, you just miss it. Hmm. Um that's Are there the... fail states where you die and reload, or does it just you just roll with I it the whole time? You haven't reached one yet. Now you do have health and mental capacity and stuff, so I, I guess it's possible. I just haven't seen one yet. I don't um, understand how you're not like fighting monsters every so often. Oh, the monsters you fight are mostly, and it's, yeah, like I said, none of it's really that physical, or, or you know, a lot of clicking is like mostly bullies. Uh, stuff like that, but you you fight them mentally a lot. I mean, you can also use your physical to you know, like impose over them uh, or anything like that. But you. But, you're but it going sounds like it's not like a episode. Go ahead. No, try. it's day. It's a day by day game. So you and it took me a little while to figure this out. But time really only passes when you're in a conversation. So each time you're in a conversation it runs a certain amount of time and you only have a certain amount of time per day. So it, it comes down to, you can move around and talk to all these people, but whenever you do, you know, it kind of, that's basically your resources. How much can you talk to people in a day? Like how much information right. can you get? Right. Mm. Right. And, um, so the thing, a couple of things like the skill system and the way it rolls in the background, it does stuff for you all the time. And you obviously have options, like you said, in the dialogue, like, you know, I have a 47% chance or whatever of pursuit, you know, whatever, persuading this guy. There's stuff like that. It tells you those percentage numbers? Yes. Oh. Do, and, does it tell um, you the role that you made or just tells you whether yes. you succeed or fail? Yeah, it, it shows you the role. It rolls Ooh. 2d6. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I didn't. It, all right, on, I'm on board. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, in fact, it's a lot like the White Wolf stuff because basically your skills are the plus to whatever your dice roll is. So, like, if you have something that's a difficult role, it might be a 14, you know, and right. if you have, you know, if you have a bonus of like seven or eight, it's not a hard role, but you know, if you don't, and I know this bonus, this is explicit. Yes. Yes. You can look at all your skill bonuses. Is this at all? And I use this as a, a term of praise. Is this at all board gamey? You know, if you wanted to look at it that way, it's easy to do just because you can, Instead of using a board and just skipping places, you can walk back and forth between them. So it does remind me of that in a lot of ways. And, and I know one thing that you're going to like, I think, that I thought was just super awesome, 
was each of the skills has kind of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So, and this was the funniest thing to me. So I think it, it was an encyclopedia or visual calculus, right? So when I did an investigation and I was doing like a partial autopsy or whatever on the body, I screwed something up and I know this, but my character doesn't. So when you go back and you can re-examine the body, you get a negative because my intelligence is too high. It makes my character not believe that he missed anything. <laughs> okay. So I actually had negatives to my role to re-explore because I'm so smart. This game but has I, hubris in it. Yes. And, that, <laughs> and like I said, I like the writing, whether or not it's great or not that's that's kind of subjective but it, it's i don't know there's enough in it that uh it's got a lot of character um and i the the main character himself is fascinating because you're really just an alcoholic and apparently something horrible has happened in your life uh -huh. and you don't know what it is at that point but uh you know you start to get some guesses but you're also used to be an incredibly good detective so it's also like this weird kind of balancing act. So is this some crazy like 60-hour thing, or is it like a oh, more yeah. manageable 6-hour or 10-hour thing? Like how, how oh, big a game are we like. talking about? It's pretty huge. I've okay. heard anywhere from 30 to 90. I don't understand hmm. how it cannot have like a tactical, intricate combat system that you move from battle to battle like that. How do you do an RPG? That's, that's also kind of what I meant by board gaming. I should have said more tabletopy. Like oh, it sounds yeah. more like tabletop and there's a storytelling. And then every now and then you throw dice against skills, even and if that, you're not moving a figure around on a map. Uh, and so one of the things that makes it interesting too, it makes you not run out of things to do is that if you fail a roll. There's mm -hmm. two types of roll. There's red rolls and white, or red checks and white checks. Mm -hmm. Red checks, you fail. That's it. White checks, if you increase the stat, you can re-roll it again. Okay. So a lot of them are like that. So you can go back and forth, and like once you level up, you can come back to an area and maybe have more success if you've actually improved the skill. But the story, the the progression, the narrative progression will roll with failed red checks. Yes. I like that a lot. I like not hitting a dead end and having to reload oh, and do something over again. It ha I've learned uh, there's a cut where I just kind of like was like I, I was so upset when I failed those rolls, you know, because it's like you can't go back and do it again. It's irritating. But um, yeah, why? It, oh, go ahead. No, it, no, you go ahead. Actually, why is it called Disco Elysium? I demand yeah. to know. Okay. Uh, All right, so Disco was very popular in the game 20 years earlier, and your character uh, may have been some manner of disco elite, and you know all of these disco songs, and like disco goes throughout, and your body's always telling you how disco something is. Uh, so, so it's not a metaphor, it's not figurative, it's literally disco. disco. Right. <laughs> your character, like, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, there's actually clothing with stats as well. So okay, like inventory, you, you shirt, can, gear. Yeah, you can right. go through and you can get like, like a shirt that makes you know whatever gives you a bonus to strength and right. stuff like that or whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it's a there's there's a lot of different ways to play the game and a lot of thing a lot of different ways you can approach it. Um, just to get it as a closing, uh, just to give you a, a, one of my favorite examples, and I won't tell you what happens afterwards or anything. But you drop the storage container on point, 
and you and I couldn't get it open. There's tons of rolls that, and everything, and I kept coming back to it every few days. And eventually, I got the option to use my rhetoric skill to make it open. And, and it's like your partner goes, what are you going to do, just yell at it? And I'm like, okay. And so I yelled at it, and I rolled this amazing roll. And it's like all of a sudden you hear someone inside like, uh, hello, and your partner's like, <laughs> unbelievable. But it's like I had – but like the bonuses to it were like I had been around the world in the world for a few days. I was a bit more worldly, so I, mm -hmm. I get to I, – I understand more, I guess, what opens a cargo container by yelling at it. And it's just – you know, it's just stuff like that. So it's like this weird mix of like kind of point-and-click game stuff, but it's not, not like a pixel hunt most right. of the time. You hmm. can do the whole tab – to see everything, you know, that you're not hiding things from you for right. puzzles, right? Right. No, but I will say this is really fascinating. I just read an article today that uh, legal drugs are easy to find, but uh, you have to have conversations with people about the illegal drugs. And once you do, then you'll start being able to pick them up because you'll know what to look for. It's just have... there's tons of stuff in that game. Like, okay, that. I have one final question, and this this could be a deal breaker for me. Is it? Is it trying to be a comedy? There is. I think it's written like it's there's it's part comedy, part not. You know, it has comedic stuff in it, and it's supposed to be wacky. It, it reminds me more of a British thing. You know what I mean? It, it has okay. like a Douglas Adams, like, like here. Right. It had. Mm -hmm. It totally has a Douglas Adams. But it's not like Monkey it. Island. It's not like it's no. all whimsical, cartoony, fun comedy stuff no no i would say it's more like you're playing a hunter s thompson kind of character mm. i mean you know with with everything that comes to but you are certainly an alcoholic and illegal drugs give you bonuses and your body is constantly begging you to do different drugs and stuff like that so it's it's all about alcohol drugs and trying to solve murder i feel like you're you knew that Saving the Hunter S. Thompson reference for the end would mm -hmm. would jar me and Garrick. I feel like the, mm -hmm. I feel like you're, you're manipulating <laughs> us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think I it was planned. Whatever. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, has Sarah finished this game, or is she busy playing Slay the Spire? She's usually playing Seven Days to Die or Slay the Spire all the all time. Right. That's, that's, or no, Long Dark, one of its new episodes. Ah, right. Ooh, sure, sure. Well, episode three. Does she know right. how to make fire? Oh, yes. Very much so, my God. All right. She's one up on Tom, then. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Lord. Well, I've since been told how to make fire. I've never actually done it, but I have the uh, – not the, the theoretical knowledge. I don't have the Got applied it. knowledge yet. Yeah, but... That's easy to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, until you're out there clacking stones together, I'm going to, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, McMaster, you, I had no idea any of this about Disco Elysium. I mean, it was, I was on sort of a press black – or a personal information blackout. Just because I, yeah. I heard a little bit about I, I I think I thought, for some reason, I thought it was a big, elaborate, cyberpunk, I, tactical I combat too. game, like like Pillars of Eternity. And so then I, I was like, too. okay, that sounds cool, I want to try it blindly when it comes out, and you've kind of rocked my world a little bit. Yeah, oh no, then the map is like, small, like, it's not huge, but it's really packed, right? full of different characters and stuff, and that's what surprised me. I expected it to be much bigger, and I was like... Wow, this is a small map, but there's a lot going on in that game. If you were on a desert island and you could only bring <laughs> Sea Salt, Slay the Spire, or Disco Elysium, how certain are you that you would bring Sea Salt? <laughs> <laughs> That's a valid question. Um, 
not very. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Sea Salt, Slay the Spire, and uh, Disco Elysium. Uh, you guys have kind of, I feel like I chose the weak. <laughs> I mean, this will happen. I, I chose the weakest one this week. Huh. Okay, we'll just mark that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It goes on your, it goes in your record. Yeah, so basically it's one to one to zero. You guys are winning. <laughs> nice work. Very good. Uh, listeners, thank you so much uh, for joining us. I'll be back in a week to talk about board games. And then a week after that, we'll talk more video games. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Bruce Garrick and Jason T. McMaster. And we'll talk to you guys later. Cheers. (laughs) 